Welcome back, conscious listeners, to another episode recorded today for Listen Carefully. I wanted to show up and share what's been on my heart this week and really tap into the themes that have been going on lately. I know there's a lot of transition right now, and I know there's a lot of spiritual upgrades. There's a lot of cycles ending. There's a lot of rebirth energy forging and coming to the surface. And even just throughout my week, I was noticing the collective energy around like self-doubt, around trust and around fear specifically. And it's so fascinating because even when like everything is lined up, even when everything is working out as planned, even when things are going well, it can be wild to notice and experience doubt come to creep in, or it can be wild to acknowledge doubt and still move forward anyway. And I think a lot of times for me in particular, the way that doubt shows up is either when I'm feeling like alone or a moment of loneliness where I'm wanting validation from the external, where I'm wanting another party or another person or something outside of myself to validate the fact that like, I'm okay, I'm good, I'm well, I'm healthy, I'm doing the right thing, right? Like, even though it means so much more if I'm the one to validate that from a place of satisfaction and deep trust for myself, because that's when it's most meaningful and most potent anyways. Even if I think that that's something that I want, like, for example, this is a really common one that comes up when I work with parents and I work with teens, right? It's like, if, if people are wanting their parents' apology, it's actually going to be more potent and powerful to play the scenario out in your mind of actually you going through that moment of what it would be like to receive that because then you get to tailor it to what you needed to hear. So if you're going through a visualization, whether that's through breath work or meditation, if you're imagining what your parent would say or would have said, that gives you the opportunity to become your own healer. And that gives you the chance to tailor it to exactly what you need to hear. All of those parts of you that have been needing to be feeling seen, heard, understood, and met, you get to tailor it to exactly what you would have wanted to hear. And this also comes up with my play clients too. I had a client this week that was sharing about how she was getting bullied and was sharing about how, um, like somebody in her class was saying certain things. And when I presented the opportunity in that moment to say, what would you have wanted him to say instead? You know, what would it, what would have felt good to hear? What would have been the thing that you were hoping for? It's almost like that sort of tickles the brain and that sort of entertains these possibilities of if we're off our center and if we wonder, oh, I couldn't quite possibly be in charge of naming that or noticing that. It's bringing us back to actually, wait a second, I am in charge of my process. I can assign what I need in the moments that I need them the most, you know? So it's quite fascinating how with these deeper levels of self-trust, with these deeper beliefs in ourselves, if we can believe in ourselves hundred percent unconditionally, so unapologetically and with so much forgiveness, for where we've been or where we're headed or any judgments around the timing it's taken to get us where we're going, it's going to be, we're going to have so much more clarity when it comes to our process and our journey. And 
something else that I've been reflecting on just in terms of getting to know ourselves better, right? When we have all of these parts that are acting out, whether it's addiction or whether it's um, mood or behavior, sort of disordered, whatever we want to call it, there's always that deeper need. There's always the part of us that is wanting something more. And it usually has to do with nourishment and connection. So any of our core needs that have to do with our purpose, that have to do with being seen and understood and validated at the end of the day, deep, 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 deep down. Right. And so if we think about ways that we can get to know ourselves better, that's going to allow us to have acceptance of self. That's going to allow us to have trust in who we are and in our ability to make decisions and our ability to follow our guts. Before anything else, we have to get to know who we are. So we get to ask ourselves, what makes us laugh? Truly, genuinely, what makes us laugh? What makes us cry? What are we passionate about? And what fires us up in this world? And what gives us purpose? I was just on a walk with my friend Rachel and her dog Blake and my dog Meraki. And the moment, I kid you not, the moment that she shared with me about soul purpose and mission orientation. I immediately saw a dollar bill in the grass and I was like, oh my gosh, this is such a sign. I love the spiritual breadcrumbs. I was like, I'm going to frame this so that I can remember this moment. And it's so beautiful because Rachel's one of my friends that whenever I'm with her, there's so much that comes through with the spiritual breadcrumbs. And when it comes to what we're passionate about, I think her and I have that similar, we're on that similar wavelength where it's like, we can't really hide like what we're passionate about. Like we're very forward and outward and we voice what we care about. We voice what our purpose is backed behind. But then that also goes with the other hand of like, it's kind of hard to care about the things that we don't care about. Like if we're, if our hearts aren't in it, it's just going to show and it's just going to reveal that our passions lie elsewhere and that it would be a better use of our time and our energy and our efforts to allocate our resources in other places and be able to channel that energy in the places that it's supposed to be. Because whenever we're in those soul moments of like, am I honoring my deepest truth and am I honoring my purpose? One, I feel like I am when we spend time together because she's always I'm always getting these downloads and these realizations and up levels. And she's one of my favorite friends to spend time with for that reason. And also when we tap into like sensitivity, like I'm always sharing how the more that I become sensitive, the more that I desensitize or the more that I resensitize what I've been desensitized to, it's almost like, um, when that thing comes back in or when something's integrated, it's like, you can really see how much and how far you've grown based on like those steps that you've taken. So for example, I was sharing, like I had a client this week that brought in candy and it's been so long since I've been around candy, just artificial flavors and sugar in that way. Like I still treat myself to like different sugar, like maple syrup stuff. That's not like you know, the artificial stuff. And I, when I was like, when that bag was being torn open and I was just like hit with that whiff of like those artificial chemicals, it's like, I was, it's like, I was hit with this frequency of like 
what my addiction was around, you know, like the processed food is what my addiction was around, but it was just like that moment of like, oh my gosh, like as a kid for, for me personally, it's like that overcame me so much that like overtook me so much. So to witness myself experience that again of like, whoa, I just got hit over the head with like chemicals and artificial flavors and colors. And I didn't even like eat the thing, but just smelling it was enough for my sensory to be like, whoa, I see this for what it is now, rather than like for what I was coping with. Because I think another thing to always remember is the addiction is not the problem. The problem is the problem. So it's like, if the addiction for me was food and if that's what I did to cope, and if that's what I did to take up the space that otherwise feelings would have, it's like that solution worked. It worked in the sense of I didn't get killed. Right. So in my brain, that solution kept me alive. So that's why my brain registered that solution as successful. Oh, Jen's addiction to processed food allows her to cope with feelings of overwhelm. Amazing. Let's keep doing that. And it's not until like you go through the layers and the levels and the emotionality, which is the journey that I'm on right now. It's like the moment I step out of relationships that are not aligned anymore, the moment that I exit toxicity, whether it's through patterning or conditioning or societal norms and expectations, like I'm telling you, the moment that I step away from things that are no longer in alignment, I make more money and I lose the emotional baggage, lose the emotional weight. And it's so fascinating to me because that further proves that like that, that isn't the problem. The problem's the problem. And so coming back to what I was mentioning in the beginning of how fear is and can be so crippling and really testing and trying when we're in these unknowns, it's like more power to me when I realize just how powerful I am. And that fear gets to be a feeling rather than the absolute truth. That's what's going to usher me into my next level because something I learned this week from my friend Elise's podcast was if the fear isn't going to kill you in two minutes, then you're able to slow down and lean in and face it head on and face the fear completely rather than letting it ruminate or take over your thoughts or your, your emotional states. So I think that with the fear, with the trust, with the self-doubt, it all comes in waves. It all comes in cycles and it all comes in seasons. You know, every time that there is a new level of initiation to step into, there's going to be another level of growth. There's going to be another layer of shedding, you know, and especially in the winter season, whether you're feeling sniffly or sick, or, you know, if you're doing everything in your power to stay healthy and well, and you're still getting sick, like I would challenge you to reframe that and say, okay, what part of my system is upgrading? What part of me is receiving the new and receiving new ways of doing things, new ways of being, because let's be honest, sometimes we're not slowing down as much as we could or intentionally the way that we need to, unless it's something as abrupt as like feeling sick or feeling off for us to then 
take that time to nurture ourselves. And what a great time to get to know ourselves again in those moments where we're down or we're low or we're feeling, we're having that suppression of our nervous system, right? And how, and, and even, you know, like after speaking about the spiritual breadcrumbs, right? It's like, how can we define for ourselves if we have spiritual beliefs or how that even affects our life? Because I think everybody has different defining moments, different light bulb moments, different ways of hearing information. Maybe you're hearing the same information, but from a different source and it's finally clicking and it just lands a certain way, a certain time. Like those are moments I love to celebrate as well, because when we're under stress, which could show up as sickness or, um, just overwhelmed, overloaded, you know, too many tabs open, however you want to phrase it. It's like, we get to find out what we need. We get to find out how we can receive support in times that are under stress. And that way, when we come out of it, when we're ready to bloom and blossom and come back into integration, then we can find out what we're most proud about ourselves with. Like for me lately with movement, I've been able to move and feel that freedom. And then in the days that I'm not as motivated, or if there's that contrast of like, I'm just needing rest. It's like, that allows me to see just how valuable it is and what we can do when, you know, it's like, can we be proud of ourselves for showing up to the best of our abilities, even if we're redefining those perfectionism qualities, or even if we're redefining ways to do things different in the past, even if that comes down to self-talk, even if that comes down to, um, speaking to ourselves more kindly, being more gentle on our own process, giving ourselves so much grace, so much nurturing, really treating ourselves and parts of ourselves like the childlike parts that are within us that deeply need the acknowledgement and that deeply need to hear that messaging time and time and time again. I know for me, when I am in touch with my inner children and when they're all needing my uh, presence and when they're needing my love and they're needing my attention and they're needing my focus, it's brilliant. It's so brilliant to be able to treat them so kindly to repeat those phrases that feel so good to hear saying it with that repetition over and over and over again, just for the sake of, oh my gosh, it feels so good to hear it again. And just letting that innocence be, because that's how children learn is through repetition. That's how we learn. We hear the same things over and over again in different ways so that the time that it clicks, it gets to click. It gets to click because it's been compounded. It's been stacked. It's been repetitive. That's how we work with the subconscious mind as well. The subconscious never forgets a thing. The subconscious remembers every moment of your entire life. And so for it to be reprogrammed, you better bet it's going to take that repetition. So finding out what lights you up on the inside, finding out what lights up your inner parts on the inside. If you have a part of you that's rebellious, if you have a part of you that's sneaky. If you have a part of you, that's a clown in the circus, right? Or if your inner children are all in the circus, 
It's like, how can we tap into how those parts of us recharge and those parts of us replenish their emotionality and replenish that emotional nurturance when they're needing us, when they're needing our input, because as much as we turn inward this year, we're going to be able to honor our own inner cycles. We're going to be able to honor each phase that we go through, whether that's through the month, through the year, through the day, through the seasons, because we're here to shine with or without approval, right? It's like, it's almost like when life is happening for us, it's like that phrase, um, you know, you got to be quiet when you're taking the test, but here's the thing in the test of life, when life comes to show us, or we could say, test us, we're never going to be punished, but we're going to just receive those lessons over and over. And during, during the test, the teacher doesn't talk. That's the quote that I was thinking of during the test. The teacher doesn't talk during the test because we need that space to remember everything we've studied, everything we've learned, apply it to making our best educated guess or deducing it to the best possible answer of the choices available. And there's never a wrong choice, even if our programming from school taught us that like there's only one right answer. Because I remember like the all the aboves, you know, or like, oh, pick C, that's like the best choice. In life, that's not how it works. In life, there's never a wrong. And of course, we could always challenge that too, that there's right and wrong. But in terms of following your heart is kind of what I'm speaking to. When you're following your heart, there's really no wrong. And if your human perceives it as wrong, there's always another opportunity. So when we learn that we can nourish those parts of us that have been starving, when we can give them the nutritional value that they deserve and that they need, then we begin to add this value just by being ourselves. We are flooding our, our nervous systems with emotional nourishment. We bring so much more value at that point, right? And that way, when we take care of ourselves, we can love others, whether that's directly at a distance, right? Other people's triggers get to be their medicine. So whatever dysfunction is happening outside of you, your only job is to be yourself. Your only job is to bridge the gap between your medicine and the people that need you. And remembering that polarity is a magnet, like you being you is going to piss some people off because that is just the reality. There's going to be people that are loving what you're up to and there's going to be people that aren't. And remembering that makes it worthwhile to keep going and to be vulnerable to put yourself out there and to know that something that you have to share is relatable to somebody, even if it doesn't seem, seem so, you know, like moving through any fears or any resistance is going to show you just how infinite these limitless selves of you are and like the possibilities that there are. And something that I've learned and I continue to learn is that I am no longer compensating or compromising. When I learned that lesson, 
I become unavailable to hold space for anything that is not energetically met with that complementing same level energy, same level value that my worth sits at or beyond. And when I make that commitment to myself, all the scarcity falls away. I bring in my own value, which is an investment in the collective too. And something else that I've been paying attention to recently, I have been loving like volcano energy. And I'm not sure if it's the, if that's like the fire within me, if that's the Leo within me, if that's this deep trust of I'm going to erupt and I'm going to be dormant, or maybe it's the manifester in me that goes in these surges of energy and then also has these deep nourishing resting moments, resting periods. So because I am a splenic manifester, I think that is why I'm so, I've always been drawn to volcanoes. I've always been drawn to that bubbling lava that's just outrageously hot. And when I think about the ways that I've grown and when I think about where I was when I started this podcast, even, and even just thinking about what I've been up to as my caliber increases, as the quality of soulmate clients increase that I work with, you know, you really can't make it up. It's like the more that I've grown and there's always more growing to do. And I'm always on that path of evolution. My clients are always reflecting that. And it's, and it's happened and unfolded in the ways that it needed to just to show all of those stages and everything in my business is my sacred responsibility. Everything is a blessing and an honor and a privilege. And I am so open to the limitless love and divine possibility that comes with stepping into my light. And for you too, as you step into the light, you have no control over anyone else's choices of how people perceive you, of how people perceive what you're sharing. and. That's where the phrase, not my circus, not my monkeys comes in because it's all available. It's all a miracle. This is all medicine and it's all a choice. And the work will work if you do the work. It works every time as long as you do, you know? So I want to know about how you have been faced with fear, self-doubt, and trust this week. Send me a message if you're feeling called and I would love to hear what you've been up to. And I'm so blessed to tap into this community, to share what's been real, what's been upcoming. And I look forward to seeing you next time. Take good care. Bye.